Hello friends, you're listening to Worst Show Ever. I'm your host, CJ Boyd. I'm here with Victoria Shen. We are... Where are we, Victoria? We're at the Harvard University Science Center. Okay. We're in a little classroom. <laughs> and you work in this building? Yeah, I work in the basement. But okay. we're on the first floor. Okay. Room 111. If you want to come by, please do. Room 111. This historical site. Yes. Where this interview took place. <laughs> <laughs> we just played a show last night. Uh, over at Dorchester Art Project, and so we had we'd been talking a little bit, setting up the show, but we hadn't really met before, so we just met last night. Mm-hmm. But I thought, I bet Victoria has a story she'd want to share, and it turns out she does. Wonderful. Please tell me about your work show ever. Okay, the first story uh, is the most recent one. Uh, we were playing a show and a really cool venue uh, called the Gallows Museum in Salem, Massachusetts. Okay. So, is, you, so this is with the project? This is, yes, me and this other woman, who I've been friends with for a few years, but um, you know, this person has um, gone kind of a reputation for being a little flaky and unreliable, and she's, you know, wow, this is gonna turn into a bitch session. But anyway, (laughs) like chronically late to everything, but you know, most people really annoy me, but for some reason, this woman never kind of annoyed me. Okay. (laughs) So we got along, even though she was late all the time. And uh, you know, we just started this project called Histrionics, which is like a personality disorder. Yeah. And um, you know, when someone is like overly traumatic about everything, then they're histrionic. Um, and we is histrionic connected to hysteria? Is that no, but that's actually we changed the spelling, so it was okay. more like okay. hysteria. His histrionics is like kind of a form of like narcissism. Okay. Yeah, where they like think they're the center of everything and are like always like woe is me, you know. Okay. So um, yeah, so we changed it so it was like his, histrionics with the with a y, like like having to do with the uterus, like hyster. And then like Nyx, like N Y X, like night. So it's like, oh yeah, we're gonna be like the female wolf eyes, you know? We're gonna just like uh, be totally ridiculous. Like I wear like a, a a fuzzy bear hood and sunglasses, and I have a big stick with a piano wire stretched across it, okay. like a club. And uh, the other woman would, uh, you know, tape. A contact mic to her mouth and then like scrub lipstick all over her face and over the contact mic uh, and we played some really ridiculous shows I mean we've only played like three times the first one was um, at the abandoned bear cages in Boston and the, what? the abandoned bear cages so there used to be a zoo in JP and so now it's just these two pits with uh, you know cages at the perimeter oh, of the pits awesome. and they do like outdoor generator shows so Histrionics played a, a set there. This is the first set we, we ever played, and it was raining, and so they set up tarps over um, all the performing tables, and the tarps were accumulating rain, and during the set, I used my big stick, and I kept poking the tarp, and it kept like forcing all this water to spill over the sides onto the audience. <laughs> and they were like running around with the stick, you know, uh, like clanging it against like the cages and stuff stuff so that was like kind of set the tone for the rest of our whatever short-lived uh project but the, the last time we played was at the gallows museum really cool spot uh there's like all these witches there you know it's all the salem like tourist stuff oh right salem right and you know there's a tree with a noose on it and uh wait wait, wait. what's the place called? it's a gallery yeah it's called the gallows museum okay 
but it's a okay. It's a museum about the Salem witch trials. Okay, one one of like twenty about like killing the witches. Um, I think so. Yeah, gallows. Uh, Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's pretty. It's pretty witchy place. Really psyched. I think it was like the perfect venue, but. You know, uh, this is in the nascent state of our project. So the other woman, you know, had all these ideas, like, oh, I want to, you know, make a costume. Like, we should just go, like, full wireless battery, you know? Uh, so I'm going to make a costume, and I'm going to sew my synths into it. It's like, yeah, that's, like, a great idea. And uh, I hope nobody who played that show is going to, you know, listen to this. But, you know, all the sets that were preceding us, we were closing it out were really dry, you know, a lot of spoken word stuff. It was all noise, which is cool, all about that. I love noise, right? Yeah. But um, really dry, like sort of academic noise. Okay. Um, and so I was ready to rage, like, yeah, let's fucking do it. it. was like, so we got up on stage and I was like doing pull-ups on the beams. This other one was doing a butoh squat in, in her costume. And by the way, she also was late again and then was doing last minute costume adjustments in the parking lot, so she missed all the other sets. Okay. Okay, so then they're like, okay, you ready? She's like, yeah, I'm ready. And I start, and uh, it's like three minutes before I realize that there's, maybe like more like two minutes before I realize I'm not getting, I'm not hearing anything from the other person. And so I'm looking over, and she's struggling, and we're trying to figure out, oh, what's going on? So I turn down, and we walk over to the mixer, and for seven minutes, we were troubleshooting this fucking mixer. Okay. Like, what's going on? What's going on? Eventually, she goes, oh, I got it. I got it. And then we get some sound. We're like, oh, fuck yeah, we got sound. And I'm ready to rip it. And then, like, like noise wall. And then I hear nothing coming from her again. So I'm like, okay. I'm just, I'm going to back down. So I had to turn everything off. And I'm, tr- and I'm going just acoustic with the stick and trying to figure out how to turn her up. And she's squatting behind my table, hiding. <laughs> okay. From, and I'm just trying to lock in with her. And, you know, I'm a stubborn person. So pretty much for 45 minutes since, like, the start of the set, I'm trying to lock in with her. It seems like she's mortified. And it's fucking embarrassing. My ass accidentally hits the mic line uh, button on the back of the mixer, the house mixer. And I didn't realize it. And uh, Wait, say it again. My butt hit the mic line switch on the back of the mixer. So it's normally line out. Oh, to switch it between a mic and a line? Yeah. Okay. levels out right so right. i switched it to mic so it got really quiet okay it's like, oh fuck trying to troubleshoot cables and stuff for a couple minutes and it's like oh yeah mic line and then all of a sudden blasts because of course i turned off the faders right right, right. like what happened to the to the volume but anyway it was 45 minutes and you know, my sets are really chaotic and you know yeah i don't even know what's going to happen but this is like this is the fucking worst i just felt so embarrassed and then, especially because there were a lot of people there that I knew. It was like, yeah. it was one thing, it was just strangers. And then after the fact, on the drive back, I was in, I was just like, I don't want to talk. But she, she's, she was like, you know, kind of like a happy mood for some reason. It was strange. Uh, she's like, oh yeah, so what happened was I sewed my synth 
into my costume upside down. <laughs> and so when I kept on trying to hit the on switch, I was hitting the wrong switch. Okay. <laughs> so because so it, it was upside down, and I was like, oh my God. She's like, this is why you practice. And I'm like, yeah, I know. <laughs> so that was pretty shitty. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to picture this. Her, her synth was sewed into like the front of her costume, like, just into, like, the belly? There was a mesh, yeah, so she had, um, this long flowing dress, and she had a mesh pocket that she had sewn herself okay. into, which is a cool idea, yeah. I think. so, like, people couldn't see it from the outside. Oh, you could see it. Oh, you it could was see a, it. a big open mesh. Oh, I see what you mean, yeah. it was mesh, so, I, I see, I got you. Yeah. Okay. So, um, like, fish, like a fishnet. Yeah, totally. Or something. Um, so... Um, that was really disappointing, and, uh, because <laughs> I was like, oh man, we should just fucking rage and troll everyone. Um, we trolled ourselves. Anyway, um... 45 minutes is also pretty long for a noise set. I know! <laughs> Maybe I'm, it was more like 35, I, well, I, I was like, ex- yeah. like prolonging it in my mind, because it felt like an eternity. <laughs> but it was more like, because you guys kept... You were still troubleshooting and trying to figure things out. Like, you weren't we're planning on playing that long. Each other. Yeah. Well, we don't know. You know, it's always... Our first sets were pretty short, like, maybe, like, 15 minutes long. Uh, but uh, we just, like, played by year. Yeah. Um, well, I'm more asking than... I was just wondering if, if, like, normally... If that would be pretty long for you, or if... It just was only that long because you were... It was only that long because I was trying to, like, get something good cooking, you yeah. know, but we couldn't get anything cooking. Right. <laughs> so. And so when she was hiding, it was because she was, she was just embarrassed and didn't want to yeah. face the crap. I think so. Okay. Yes. But, um, she, but you said she was in a good mood afterwards. Yeah, it was really strange, or at least, like, you know, she was humming, and that was the worst show, which I'm glad I played a show... The day after that that was good because then you know i was like why do i even make music <laughs> i should fucking stop this is such an embarrassment i bring dishonor to my family anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and then the the other uh story that i want to tell is um there's this really cool uh, series every year uh called the bach marathon or bach to the future okay. put on by sakiko mori i that's love a really, her that's a really good name I'm yeah I'm just going to say. Box to the future. <laughs> and it's a, it goes from 7 p.m. to 7 a.m. And um, it, it's everything from, you know, classic ensembles to um, experimental interpretations of Bach. Okay. So, you know, I was invited to play there. And I played my set. And I really liked my set. I used, uh, I did visuals too. So I was using uh, Jitter and Maxim's MSP to do, like, live visuals. I made this, um this patch where I did live data moshing, which is, you know, creates this really smeary effect okay. uh, by uh, taking advantage of a compression format. Um, and then I was like playing uh, Bach through, um, you know, some of my, my synths and it was really sludgy. Okay. Uh, but anyway, I, I liked it. I thought it was a strong set. But a week after that, that set, uh, I got this email from someone named, and you can put this on, Whitney Collins, because I don't know who the fuck you are, but <laughs> anyway, I don't even know what, what gender you are, but or what race, but this is pertinent, okay? okay. So, uh, I get this email, good morning, Victoria, I'm wondering if you, an art, if you an artist statement of sorts about your performance at Bach to the Future, 
It's been a, a few weeks, and I'm still pretty confused and troubled by your piece. I'm wondering if you could help explain it. All my best, Whitney. Okay. And, uh, you know, I really meant to, to get back to this person, but, uh, you know, life is, gets in the way. And so then 10, 10 days later, uh, I get this email that says, anyhow, your quote-unquote performance was the worst experience I've ever had to endure in recent memory. I won't go through tearing this apart in depth because it doesn't dignify my time. It was so deeply unpleasant okay. that it erred on being traumatizing. Weeks later, I s it still hasn't left my mind. Complete waste of a time slot. Unfortunately, or ultimately, I don't want to berate you on your art, although I do think it's horrible. I trust that your self-evaluation of the work will be sufficient if you have any self-awareness as an artist. I, and this is bolded, this sentence. I do hope you consider the space that you take up that does not matter to me. By performing publicly, you are subjecting others to this experience, and that is time others could have used. This is not a matter of uploading clips to YouTube. This was a community event. You are a privileged Asian woman, and the time you waste comes at the expense of those who are not afforded it. As a Tufts alumnus, I resent the fact that we share an alma mater. Bold, I hope you stop performing. Sincerely, Whitney. Wow. Yeah, and you know, honestly, is, that is, that is some vitriol, like, yeah. I have like, like, deep hatred, you know, but it's kind of, you know, it, honestly, when I first read this, I felt like this kind of like heat, like, yeah. build up in me, I was like, whoa, like, I don't know what, like, physiological reaction this is, yeah. but like, it's pretty, like, wow, I don't think anyone's ever hated me, as far as I know, like, this this right. deeply and then um you know and then as i thought about it there's kind of like a high praise in a way i'd almost much rather get a reaction this strong than kind of like a neutral reaction you know what i mean the fact that it stuck with them for weeks later <laughs> also who the fuck are they and they stalked me like this this is a personal email a private email address yeah so i wonder how they got that and the fact that they knew that I was like, graduated from Tufts is also sort of yeah, that's weird. Yeah, I mean that wasn't in like the program or something. For no, the Back to the Future. Nothing like yeah. that. So yeah, it seems like they probably. I mean, to be fair, it's pretty easy to stalk people these days. Uh, yeah, like, that's face, true. You have a Facebook. Yeah, I mean that's true. Maybe uh, it's, yeah, that's how they got it. I'm saying, is there any mention of Tufts on mm -hmm. your Facebook? It's possible, but I don't think it's public. But you know what? It could be that yeah they. Uh, at a minimum, they did a Google search. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, um, <laughs> you know. Man, that's so intense. And the fact that they bring up my race, like, really pisses me off, right? Yeah. Like, as that's... a privileged Asian woman, yeah, okay, yeah, Asian women don't have it as worse off as a lot of other people of color. But it's like, dude, fuck you. You don't know about my upbringing. Like, you best be black or Latin if you're going to fucking complain about me. I wondered me. about that part because yeah. I assumed it was a white woman at me first. Too. And then when that part, I was like, okay, maybe not. Only because. Maybe a white guy? I don't know. Whitney could go either way. Oh, right? that's true. I guess I'm guessing a woman, but yeah, we're just yeah. guessing here. I guess it's speculation. It's so funny because uh, other people that I've showed this letter to, they're like, oh, that's a man. Like, only a man would be that, you know. Hate, really, I, just, I feel like so. My guess is black woman, only because to call you privileged is ridiculous anyway. But like that, that only doesn't make sense for like a white man to call an Asian woman privileged. privileged yeah. It seems like yeah, 
Yeah. I mean, there are plenty of men who are that. But I don't remember like any black women being at the event. Okay. You know, I think I would notice <laughs> oh, That'd it. be funny if you were like, oh, there was one black woman. I it remember. was her. <laughs> it was her. <laughs> um, wait, I want to unpack this if you don't mind. This is just, that, that's so intense. You've never seen anything like that, right? Well, well actually, so I don't want to get way into it, but I, I have received one, once in my life have I received a very scathing hate email. Mm-hmm. Similarly hateful for different reasons. Mm. Well, I'll just say, I, I really want to get back into this, but so in that situation, I used to play in a group where we performed nude a lot of the time. Oh, cool. Nice. And there were four of us. Uh, it's it called the C.J. Boyd Sextet, and there were two women, two men, and there was like three cellos and me playing bass. Cool. And we did this a handful of times. I mean, we did it over the course of years, but there was one house show we played in Salt Lake City. And in this case, I knew exactly who wrote the letter because it was the guy who left as soon as we got undressed. Like, like, the, we, like we played this house show. Uh-huh. There were people who were into it. There were people who might not have been into it. But there was one person who left as soon as we started getting undressed. Mm-hmm. And then he wrote this like very scathing. It was a MySpace message. So Ooh. not hard to. He didn't have to Google us. He, had, I mean, he just put us into MySpace. Uh-huh. Um, that one was fascinating because he hated us. He gave several reasons that seemed very personal. Like he identified himself as a recovering sex addict. Oh. And so I actually felt somewhat sympathetic. Like, okay, yeah. you couldn't handle, like this was like an intentional blurring of this line between like music and sexuality. Like we, that's what we were fucking with. Yeah. And yeah. so like maybe that's just, we didn't, none of us had even thought, like, oh, that this would this be, could be offensive a way. problem. I mean, we, we knew that some people might be offended, but we were thinking that just from, like, a moral, some sort of prudish moral point of view, not in terms of, like, someone's own personal, like, like psychological disorder. situation. Okay. So, I mean, maybe that's a weird line to draw. But we just hadn't, it hadn't occurred to us that someone might find it offensive for, like, for good reason. And not just because they're like prudish. Nudity's bad, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it was also it was so intense because the guy, for one thing, he said. He he was addressing me like I was like the patriarch, and granted that the the project had my name on it. Yeah. So like yeah, I'm the one who organized it. But my girlfriend at the time, who was in the band, like really we were both reading all this Freud at the time and and she was actually in a I think I had taken a Freud class the year before we were both in grad school in philosophy and we were both like talking about this and figuring this out together all the time like this was like a collaboration yeah I mean it was more my project musically but like the conceptual part was kind of more of a joint venture between us Mm -hmm. and um yeah, he was just addressing me like this was my harem or something like like these women just do what I say or that I somehow like control them. Oh. So that was super weird. And he and he said he said something about like assuming they don't get raped during a performance or something like that. I was like, what in the fuck are you talking oh, about? Oh man, that's like, can you imagine more to his fantasies. Right, than, right. I mean, yeah. that's. I mean, I was reading it to um, the other people in the band, and both of the women were like what in the fuck? I mean, have you, I mean, you've been to house shows. Can you imagine somebody at a house show just like going up? I mean, that's insane. That, yeah. That's, yeah. I don't know where this dude's head was, but 
Um, anyway, I tried to actually engage him and be like, you know, this is an experiment. This is like a thing. For, for one thing, he said, like, I reject you and everything you stand for or something like that. And I was sort of like, this whole project is an experiment. It's more of a question mark mm -hmm. than a statement. Right. And so I'm really interested, like, what what is it that you think we stand for or that we that you're rejecting, you know? And, uh -huh. and he wasn't really interested in engaging. Like, once I tried, I, like, responded in this, like, oh, considerate, really? thoughtful way. And he was just like, fuck you. No. Nice. I hate you. Very nice. <laughs> um, but anyway... So, so I have, I have experienced something like this, but it's different. And I'm, the part that I'm fascinated by is, can you, can you pull it up again? Just yeah. so you have it. There was yeah, a bar, a part about, um, what was it? I don't want to berate you on your art. That's the part that, that I'm like, <laughs> you went out of your way to find this person. Uh -huh. I mean, she, she or he, yeah. right? Like, this person went out of their way to find you yeah. and let you know, I hate your music. Yeah. So, like, you do want to berate the person. That's why you've written this email. I think the funniest thing was that uh, this person was like, I don't want to get into the individual parts because I don't even want to dignify it with my right, time. Right, that's exactly. But this took... But this took time. <laughs> it took time. Someone, yeah. someone had an unpleasant experience and then said... I need to tell that, I need to find that person online, find their email, mm -hmm. and then write two, not one, but two emails to that person. Because mm -hmm. you can't, I can't imagine that the first time... I think they felt a little insulted that I hadn't okay. responded to their first email. So you think maybe, but that's what I wonder, is like, do you think the first one, they were still like, they had an open mind, and they were like, maybe I just don't get it. Yeah. And... Maybe if I could fester. read some kind of artist statement, maybe then, maybe that wasn't the worst thing I've ever seen. Maybe it was, maybe I just am missing it. And then when they didn't get a response, they're like, nope, see, that was the worst thing. And yeah. yeah. I don't know. I mean, that's speculation. It could be. Because the other possibility is that they hated it so bad and they were like giving you the opportunity to defend it, but they were already ready to like they already hated it I mean yeah. it sounds like a visceral experience like you said you know that uh, I can't think of a time that I've like really really hated something and then it was explained to me and now like oh now I like it yeah like maybe sometimes you don't there's something you don't get and it changes the meaning of it yeah but in terms of the actual experience of it I, I, I think the only time that I ever hate something is when I feel like I already understand it and I don't think it's worth Right. Anything like, oh, this is twee indie pop, and I, it's just pure pop trash. It's kitsch. Right. Yeah. I understand it, and I hate it. That's yeah. the only time. Anytime that I'm confronted by something that I don't understand, I am totally intrigued and fascinated. It's just me, so I yeah. can't imagine what... No, I hear that. And I, I guess what's interesting, and I, this is the thing I'm really curious if we can get into a little bit, is that, so, full disclosure... Mm -hmm. I don't like a lot of noise. Mm -hmm. I play with a lot of noise folks because mm -hmm. I do like somewhat experimental music. It's not my favorite thing in the world. Mm -hmm. There are noise acts that I like, mm -hmm. but there's probably like 80% or more that I don't like that, I've, that I see personally. I think that's music, period. Sure, totally. But yeah. I just mean one of the things, and I've gotten, this has come up on this show before with other folks that like, one of the things that I find interesting, actually, about your first story is that 
you still had like a thing that you wanted to do and you felt like oh, I didn't pull it off. Yeah. And that is something that a lot of noise music lacks that there that sometimes I see a set and I feel like this person had they had some ideas but there's this kind of sense of like there's nothing that they could have done that would have constituted a mistake. Ooh. Because like they just like noise in the true sense of like stuff happening sonically that doesn't mean anything to Mm -hmm. them or to anyone else Mm -hmm. and then to me if there's no possibility of a mistake then you haven't risked anything Mm. and it's not really that interesting and again for me just like you're saying about twee pop like to me it's like i i do understand that that's that's noise in the true sense of like uninteresting things happening sonically that i don't care about and that like you didn't think that much about and why should i Right. That's that's sometimes my that makes sense. my um, reaction. Mm-hmm. And so there have been plenty of sets where I feel like uh, that person like got on stage and like jacked off for twenty minutes, and I don't care about <laughs> two it. Two dead sluts, anyway. <laughs> Do you know those guys? I didn't hear. Oh, is it two dead sluts? I don't know. Do you know those? Guys? No, All right, no. they're they're local, but okay. they were pretty legendary, and they used to jerk off on stage. Oh, Maybe. literally yeah, jerk yeah, off. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. I meant Sonic jerking off, but cool. <laughs> So, I mean, I get the experience of sometimes seeing something that you think is just, like, meaningless or, or like, a waste of time. I've certainly had that experience. Um, not during your set. <laughs> but, it's okay. But, but, but I mean, honest, but yeah. I, no, I'm in a But we've, I think we, a lot of us, we've had that experience. Mm-hmm. But this person felt the need to, to, to tell you this, to express this to you. Yeah. And it's just so interesting that she first wanted to get your artist statement and then and then you didn't and then it was like this you sort of had this like stan <laughs> uh or do you know that song? <laughs> the the Eminem song. Oh yeah, Stan. Where like the super fan. like the super fan is like that writes him a hate, a hate yeah. letter because he didn't get it. I mean, I don't think it's that extreme, but it seems like the first one is so nice. The first email is, is so Innocent polite, enough, yeah. and then you didn't respond. And then 10 days later, it's like, I hate you. I hate everything about you. Know, you. You're, you know, or whoever, Yeah. it's really well put together hate letter. <laughs> it's well written. They obviously proofread it, you know? Like they're right. educated. Although, what was that line about aired on the side of trauma? Yeah, aired on being. Of course, it, it's not perfect. <laughs> yeah, that sentence structure was a little weird. Yeah, what is you they don't, say? I don't know if you can. It's it's kind of like the thing where they're uh, posturing to sound yeah, more intelligent. Exactly, it sound that's that's kind of what I thought too. Uh, where is it? Uh, worst experience, uh, dignify my complete waste of time. Aired. Where was it? Oh, it was so deeply unpleasant that it aired on being traumatizing. It yeah, that is, that's not really how you use the word aired. It's but, not the proper way. But I see what you're saying. I, but your point is taken. Sh- sh- they clearly put time into this and probably proofread it and maybe missed that misuse of the word air. But, yeah. but otherwise, it was a, like it's an intelligible, very like... Um, intentional statement mm-hmm. of how much they your it music. wasn't just like fuck you you fucking Asian it wasn't like right. that essentially but it is kind of <laughs> I mean that's what it comes down if to if you distill but, it yeah right 
I guess the other thing that I can't help but think about here is that, and I've, I think I've mentioned this on the show too, where especially within DIY culture, there is this tendency to just clap for whatever happens on stage. Yeah. Where yeah. like something happens, and if you're not into it, you're like, well, he tried. And then yeah. you give him a little clap, yeah. and it's fine. And you might not clap uh, that long as, as vociferously. <laughs> as you know, you might not give a passionate, you know, standing ovation. But you, there's this tendency to just kind of, if you like something cool, you let them know. And if you don't like the, something, you still kind of cool thing pretend you like yeah. it a little bit. Yeah, and then. You know, and I always wonder about this because I don't know, I don't have a, I don't have something else in mind that I think we should be doing, but yeah. it does feel in some ways that, that just art in general has gone in this direction where most of the time criticism is just left entirely out. Yeah. Like, I mean, there's critics, there's people who write reviews of shows and things like that. Well, the only time you, it's okay to, to be critical of something is if it, is not politically correct or if it's perceived as being offensive. Sure. That's the only right. time when people walk out, at least these days. Right. Most Yeah, most of the time it seems like, yeah, I see that. I see what you mean. Yeah. Um, which I find to be more offensive than the other way around, which is, you know, which is just uh, anything that's kind of benign or not valenced, you know, or political, you should support that. But anything that is like trying to make a statement that could be perceived as being okay. politically incorrect, that's when you can just like totally demonize the, the performer or the right. artist. Um, so it's this weird, I don't necessarily find the the clapping for everyone thing like problematic. Yeah. It is kind of like, yeah, whatever, uh, you should support open spaces, whatever. Yeah. But I do find the that there is this kind of distinction where people are just ready to pounce on something if... Okay. It's vaguely true, and like that is like the scary. You thing. might get more of that here in New England than some parts of the country. I'm guessing. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I've lived, lived in bubbles my whole life. Okay. San Francisco and then Boston. Right. So, yeah. And I totally see. And I've been to shows where somebody tries to do something controversial, and it was really upsetting to people. Certainly, you know, the first thing I think of is there was a show once I played in San Luis Obispo, California. And I was on tour with this band Chichara uh, from New Mexico, mm. and they there was this guy who set up the show, and he's a sweetheart. I've he's set up like probably six or seven shows for me over the last decade, mm -hmm. and he did this like performance art piece where he was trying to make a statement about like spiritual suicide. Whoa. Yeah, and it was it was rough. He did this thing where he like pretended to kill himself on stage, Ooh. and it was really intense. And I didn't think it was good. I thought it was hammy, like pretty bad. Uh -huh. But there were a couple people who were also playing that show who were like, ah, "I'm I've just dealt with suicide in my life. Like somebody oh. recently killed themselves, and this is just so." Like, oh. like it's not saying something meaningful. Like you can, it's not. And both of them were sort of like, it's not that you can't write a poem about suicide. Like that's legit. But this is just like all trigger. Like no sub. Like yeah. no point. Yeah. And um, both of them were like 
pretty upset, just like emotionally upset. And it wasn't, and actually neither of them pounced on the guy. Neither of them like huh. said, fuck you, that was offensive. Mm-hmm. It was just like one of the bands was like, I don't even really want to play this show now. Oh, like I feel wow. feel shitty and this is just tasteless and Oof. and like offensive. So that that was like a it was a shitty situation. I know that he meant well. You know, it was classic like well meaning well meaning white dude. <laughs> you know, I guess you know like try he was trying to do something. It didn't really come off. Yeah. Um but no, yeah, I guess even in that situation, nobody pounced on him. It was just like one of the oh, bands. Maybe in that case, someone should have pounced on him. <laughs> yeah, and I said something to him because he's he's like he's a friend, and I was like, oh, that's that was awkward. Yeah. Uh, and he got well. One of the bands, I think they didn't pounce on him, but they were like, hey, that put me in a space. I really can't be here. Yeah. And I need to leave, and we're not going to play the show. Um, Wow. And so the other thing must just, have really stunk. Yeah, although I will say too, the the show, and again, the dude's a sweetheart, yeah, okay. <laughs> but he did this all the time where he put way too many acts on the bill. Like he's a poet and usually like uh-huh. stacks the bill with several poets and several bands. Okay. And it was too many. Yeah. And this particular venue it was like a coffee shop that was letting us use the space, uh-huh. and they had to close at a certain time. And as it was. When we got there and we were like, okay, your set is 18 minutes and you have two minutes to tear down. Like, okay, that's a terrible idea. Mm-hmm. It could have worked if everyone was communicated with, you know, but it, it weren't. And so Chichada is this like four-piece band with like drums and three basses and three vocals. And uh, for them, the amount of time that they had to set up and tear down was totally unrealistic it was realistic for a poet it was unrealistic for a band right and so some of the bands backed off the bill two of the bands I think got off the bill and that meant that people actually had like a 25 minute set as opposed to like a 15 minute or something so there were other factors but anyway I want to get back into the that that issue of like like I can understand someone I don't know. I have such mixed feelings about it. Like I could, I sort of think that if somebody hates your show, <laughs> I can understand them being like, "Yeah, that was really bad." Instead of just being like, "No, okay, good job." But then, yeah. but something about it being after the fact, like this was, what that first email was. How much after the show? They said several weeks. So I don't know. They said it's been a few weeks. Actually, I think it was two weeks after. Okay. Yeah, a couple so weeks after. So a couple weeks after they send you the first email, then 10 days later they send the second email. Like, yes. To, to unload on somebody, I just wonder, like, what did that person get out of that? Like, what did that satisfy them for them just to say, I hate you? <laughs> I hate everything you stand for. Yeah. It's like poverty is your fault. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, with the guy in Utah, I know it was like a moral high ground. Like, he felt that he... That what we were doing was like sick and that oh it's Utah um, maybe he just has these really Mormon sensibilities yeah. too okay yeah yeah it was definitely Utah <laughs> <laughs> no um, mistake but I wonder in this case like she's I really hope you stop performing like that was her hope was that she would tell you this and you would be like I guess I'll just I don't not think perform. they actually meant it I think they just wanted to make something hurt they just wanted to yeah. you know 
get their jab in, you know? Right. Do you ever, I don't know if you've ever had this experience. I get this a lot, but I imagine you do too. Like where somebody who likes your show, but then feels like in talking to you afterwards has to one up you, like has to like I've, I've, tell people you People have been like really negative to me. Like people who are like, are, are fans. Yeah. But they feel like in order to, uh, not to like keep you in their place, it, to to seem like they're worthy of like talking to you, they have to talk down to you. Okay, yeah. You, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I don't know if it's like a male-female dynamic because it's always men who do it. I think men do that to men and women. Yeah. Because it's also always men that do that to me. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, it's, I really I like think that, and then they say something condescending or like something that's kind of like insulting. It's like always these back backhanded compliments. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You get the, that as well? Yeah, I mean, most of the time not, but I feel like when it is, it's certainly if that happens, it's men. Yeah. Um, I feel like if, if women give backhanded compliments, it's usually unintentional. It's like women trying to think of something nice to say. Thanks for the music. Yeah, thanks is a good one. Or, or just like, that was really, uh, that was interesting. Uh, my friend Travis's mom once in a show in Boone, North Carolina, and she didn't say this to me. I think she was like way too polite to say this to me. But Travis was like, how'd you like his set? And she's like, I'd have to smoke a lot of drugs to be into that. That's a good one. I like it. <laughs> well, and she doesn't smoke a lot of drugs, so she was saying she was not into it. But, it, but she was trying to... She was trying to think of something like, how, what could happen for me to like that? Well, Aww. maybe if I smoked your wacky tobacco, you know, like. That's quite open-minded yeah. for Boone. Yeah. yeah. No, Boone is amazing. Just, yeah. And I don't think she lives in Boone, but he, Travis lives in Boone. Okay. Um, but Boone, North Carolina is this cool little strange oasis of, of awesome in the middle of North Carolina. But all I to say, yeah, when I think in situations where a woman has given me a backhanded compliment, I would say like, 95% of the time they're trying to say something nice and don't want to be dishonest mm -hmm. and I found myself in this place many times where I'm like uh, how do I say a nice thing about something I think I, really I figured like? it out it's kind of when men do it yeah. they do like it sincerely but they don't want to open themselves to being vulnerable okay yeah you know by saying like oh I really loved your set and then the artist would be like, oh, okay, thanks. Like, uh, I don't, you know what I mean? Right. So it's their tough guy way of saying, I liked your set. By like, trying but to I'm communicate. a critical thinker. And so I feel like it's also communicating that I'm a critical person. And so I liked your set, but I'll still say some negative things. Is that, does that seem right? Like, hmm. Oh, uh, maybe, maybe it's like still like a, oh yeah, but I'm worthy. Yeah. You know, I get, I'm, yeah. We're on I the same know. playing field. We're colleagues. Right. Yeah. So I was thinking of situations, if this is slightly different, but initially what I was thinking of is situations where you play a show and somebody likes it and then afterwards they like, they're telling you about their music. Yeah. Or they're telling you about their painting or they're showing mm -hmm. you their drawing or they're showing you their poetry or there's like, it's on one hand it's like an attempt to connect, mm -hmm. but I think especially when it's in the form of description when someone's just like telling me about their music, I always feel like, you know this doesn't do anything, right? Like you telling me about your band, and a small handful of times that's actually got me intrigued. Like uh -huh. I can remember a show in Portland where 
the girlfriend of the of one of the guys I was playing with was like telling me about her music, and I was like, "Whoa, I want to hear that music." Yeah. You know, but she played like experimental harp, and oh, I, cool. and and I'm a huge fan of hers now. Uh-huh. You know, but like, nice. but that's rare, and most of the time, so it'd be like, if it, like classic is like a dude goes, "Oh yeah, yeah, I play bass too." Cool. Ooh. Like. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's fine. I like guys, you're like, oh yeah, I play the synths too. Like I have synths. Like you like modulars. And then they'll they'll even like through social media like send messages or posts that yeah. are like you, this might be like relevant to you or like check out Susan Chiani if you don't already know you know like yeah uh, that's but cool. see that I bet you probably I'm sure you get more of that as a woman but also because doing like I think what I think of as like more tech like tech heavy music uh-huh. where like you use like more gear mm-hmm. and I feel like I'm just not really a tech person at all mm-hmm. but I've, I'm that same band actually Chichata um, one of the women in that band um, Risa DeMarco she has a solo project called Bigawatt that is also very she's like a fucking tech genius like she's always oh, doing Bigawatt? Weird, Bigawatt yeah she's awesome Bigawatt okay yeah check her out um, but she does a lot of stuff where she's like soldering circuit boards or do she's like making shit that I wouldn't have the faintest idea of how to do it and she's always talking about like dudes coming up and trying to like tell her how her gear works and I hate that and, I hate that all the time <laughs> yeah that's more gendered I and feel then like the thing I was like really, did you make that you know it's yeah. like a, oh wow you yeah. made your own you gear made, yeah. type yeah. stuff yeah oh, so and it's like and it's like the opposite as a dude who's not that tech savvy at all I'd be it'd be more like Oh, you made something? Well, you're, you're cast in this kind <laughs> yeah. of like uh, auteur sort of light, I would say. You know, What's that? Like, um, like a like a real like a genuine authentic artist. Type. Oh, you, do, do you know what I mean? It's just like this person is so um, like present and has such a good command and is so soulful. I think that would be kind of like the um, like the presiding impression someone would get whereas okay. like if in the, that would be like kind of the highlight whereas I feel like if there was a woman who was dealing with tech it would be like oh wow like a techie woman you know like that would be the sort of cast that she's okay. she's placed in so I think there are these like kinds of like artistic casts that people like sure. compartmentalized from yeah. performers in and yeah. you know it's like a, a way to put them on a pedestal like this is right. you belong in this wing of the museum right. you belong in that wing or right. something but they're they're different but alike because you're still both on pedestals, you know. Right. Yeah, I hear what you're saying, and I guess it's just funny then when people like your music and they do put you on a pedestal, but then they also have to like bring you down off that pedestal. Yeah. A bit, like, I know like, why. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I know you gotta go. Um, thank you so much for doing this and sharing your story. Yeah. Uh, it's been awesome. To this is fun. You. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. This episode of Worst Show Ever was made possible by the Patreon pledges of Dewana Fryman, Meg Roberts, Christina Poez, and Evan Quayberg. If you'd like to support this endeavor, please go to patreon.com slash worst show ever.